Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Today we're going to talk about a topic that can be really difficult for us to understand, and that is, where is God in my grief? I know sometimes the question even goes further than that. Where was God when my child died? Why didn't he stop it? That's a question I think all of us have, but that's not what we're going to tackle today. You know, when my daughter Becca, when she was three years old, many of you already know this, but she was diagnosed with cancer. It was a bone cancer, and she had her little left leg amputated at age three, and she went through nine months of chemo. Now, when she was diagnosed, I had what I call a very presumptuous faith. I thought the more people I told that God was going to heal her, that he would pretty much have to honor his word because I just had so much faith that he was going to heal her. He's he's the healer and he tells us, you know, that he heals. And so uh, I just had faith that he was going to heal her and she was not going to have to have that amputation and go through the rest of her chemo. That didn't happen that way. And it sent me on a journey of, well, what is faith then? What What good is faith if God isn't going to do what you believe he's going to do? So we found out in her early teens that one of the chemo drugs they had give, they were giving children at that time caused heart damage. And so she was tested and she did have moderate heart damage. And when she got married and became pregnant, it escalated the heart issues for her. And she was actually given a 50-50 chance of surviving labor and delivery when she was pregnant. They just did not know what her heart was going to do. And so she actually lived in the hospital those last couple months. They ended up having to take the baby early because uh, her heart did quit on her once. They got it going, but they knew her heart was not going to take any more. And so they tried doing a C-section. It's such a, Becca's story, such a long story, and you can find it on her website. But the bottom line is that she did live through that. When they took her back to start the procedure, it ended up taking two days. I found myself crying in my husband's arms saying, I I don't know why I'm crying, because at that point, we had been on this journey for at least 15 years, well, yeah, 15, 20 years, and by that time, I didn't have that presumptuous faith. It was a trust in God that my life was set in Him, I was surrendered to Him, and that I trusted Him. And it wasn't to trust Him to do what I wanted Him to do, but trust Him through whatever came my way in life. And so uh, I told Dave, I don't know why I'm crying because I know that I know that I know that I trust God. And he answered, his answer just nailed it. And he said, because we don't know which way we're going to have to trust him for. Well, we were blessed, like I said, to have uh, Becca lived through that. And she had a beautiful little girl, a preemie. And that little girl is now not little. She's 19. And at this moment, she actually came to visit us, and she's staying in our motorhome with us for a few days, about a week. But we were blessed by that. It did escalate Becca's heart issues, and it was managed by medication for a while. She had to go to the Mayo Clinic for uh, open-heart surgery for valve 
It ended up being repair. But it just, her heart issues escalated, and she needed to, she got to a point where she needed to be on the heart transplant list. In the meantime, her heart was in failure. They gave her a VAD. It's a ventricular assist device that ran the left side of her heart. She was in the hospital more than she was out. She had a good dozen ambulance rides during that year and a half. She had three med flight medical helicopter rides, uh, just all kinds of things that happened during that last year and a half. And she always lived through everything. From the time she was three, there were like 12 or 14 kids that had cancer in her ward at the same time. And she was the only survivor of the children at that time. She lived through so much her entire life. And so I really believed with all of my heart, with everything in me, that God was either going to miraculously heal her and give her a new heart, or she was going to make it to transplant. And so I really was blindsided by her death, even though she was so ill. And when I asked God about that in my agony and my darkness and my pain, he reminded me about Hebrews 12 that says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And what I heard him speak to my heart was that my faith in him brought him so much pleasure. And it just... It just did something to me to think that I could bring God pleasure by my faith and my trust in Him. And I have learned that my faith is not in getting the answer I want to my prayer. God, you have to do this. God, you know, do this so that I don't have to go through pain. God, come in and move and do this. That isn't faith. Faith is coming to a place of trust because I know intimately the one to whom I pray. I know that he can see things I can't see. I know that he knows things I don't know. I know that I trust him with everything in me. Now, obviously, I didn't know years ago as I was going through this faith journey of what really is faith. Is it just if I have enough belief, if I pray enough, if I do enough things that he will give me whatever I want and he'll keep pain from coming into my life? Well, our walk with God and faith is not a golden ticket to not have painful things happen on this earth. And we don't like to look at those scriptures that tell us in this world you will have tribulation. There are all kinds of scriptures that tell us this is Satan's place right now. And God doesn't make promises that we will not be affected by the sin and the corruption of this world. But what he does promise is that he will be with us when these things happen, not if, but when. So a question I have for you is at some point, did you make Jesus Lord of your life? Did you sing it in a song? Have you said it in your heart? Maybe even said it out loud. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of my life. Well, that trumps everything. We're back to that place of surrender. When I say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You're Lord of my family. Then that is surrendering to allowing him to cover us when these things happen to us. Many years ago, we had a son that was going through something extremely dark. And it's something that I will honestly say most families never face. And I remember one time 
praying. This was part of when I was learning what faith is, what it really is. I, I was praying a prayer, a, a fix-it prayer for my son. You know, Lord, let this be the outcome. Do this. Uh, this is what we need. My son needs this. We need you to step in and, and uh, you know, get him out of this situation and have favor with the people who, make, who are making these decisions and those kinds of prayers. And I felt like God stopped me right as I was praying. And I heard the question in my heart, which prayer do you want me to answer? And it, it was like, what? I don't, I don't get it. What do you mean? And I heard him speak to my heart. You have, for many, many years, you have prayed, God, do whatever you want to do in my life to get me where you want me to be. And he asked me, he said, what if I want to take this situation to get you and your son and other people, what if I want to use this situation to get you where I want you to be? Which prayer do you want me to answer? That bottom line prayer that you pray all the time to allow and to do whatever I want to do to get you where I want you to be? Or do you want me to answer this fix-it prayer? And so I did take that fix-it prayer off the table. Now, obviously, I did not know that it meant years down the road that I would lose my daughter from this earth and the pain and the darkness. You know, all of us have gone through it. We don't want to be here anymore. All of those things, I went through that. I didn't know that that was part of making Jesus Lord of my life and part of that taking the fix-it prayer off of the table. And it's a good thing I didn't, right? Most of us are probably familiar with Scripture, Philippians 3.10. It says to know him in his resurrection power. And so many of us, it's like, yes, I want to know God in his resurrection power. But we don't go on to read the rest of it. It says to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. And we don't like that part. We want to know him in his resurrection power, but we don't want to know him in the depth of his suffering. But when you think about it, you can't know resurrection power without death. That's what resurrection is, right? It's, it's coming alive after death. God's specialty is bringing life from death. And yes, he has given our children life. We will continue to have life. But I'm talking about bringing us back to life after the death of our child, because that's how we feel. We feel like we're just in a shell waiting to die. We feel like all life has gone with us, like we died too, and they just didn't bury us with our child, right? God's specialty is giving you life again after the death of your child. Jesus himself surrendered all the way to his own horrific, torturous death. The suffering he went through and he carried, I know it's more than we can comprehend. I just think about my own sins, much less the sins of the world. It just, we're so used to hearing that, that we don't stop and think about what that really meant. Every ounce of guilt and shame and ugliness that has been on this earth, Jesus carried that and he took it on himself. What an incredible honor that God would put us that close to his heart, to know him in his sufferings, in, in the depth of a suffering that's beyond what can be comprehended. It's, you can't put words to our suffering, can you? But that gives us an opportunity to know Christ and to know God 
in a way that very few other people have the honor and the privilege of knowing him, to know him in his sufferings. And he was willing to risk our bitterness and our anger toward him to allow us to get that close to his heart. God, that you would suffer to this depth for me, for my child. You went through even a darker darkness than what I'm going through for me and for my son or daughter. From everything I've seen, if I have truly surrendered everything to God, then my relationship with God is not going to suffer, or at least it's not going to be on hold for very long through my grief. You cannot trust someone that you're angry with and blaming for your circumstance, but I can trust someone that I have surrendered to who can see the end results even when it does not make any sense to me and it brings me such pain and darkness. Now, it didn't do that to your child. And when we think about it, we always want better things for our child than we have for ourselves, right? We sacrifice for our children. So our children are not in this pain and darkness. We are, but they are not. There is a poem that I like to read when I go out and speak. And a lot of people give uh, Corey Ten Boom the credit for this poem, but she's actually the one who made it famous. I actually did some research on this, and it's written from what everyone can see, a woman named Florence May Alt, and it was first printed in 1892. But like I said, Corey Ten Boom made this famous, and it's called The Weaving. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I do not choose the colors. He worketh steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I, in foolish pride, forget he sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needed in the skillful weaver's hand as threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. You know, for several years when I read this, I left off that last part because it just seemed like I, it was hard for me to understand. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. How could the death of my child be the very best? But somehow I have to believe that uh, maybe it was the best for my child. I don't know that, right? Maybe he did do the very best for my child, and so that makes it the best for me. I don't know how this works. I don't have all the answers, and I do still have lots of questions, but I do know that he is there for us, and he is there with us, and I do know that God did not do this to you. God did not do this to me. It was the enemy, and the enemy wants us to blame God. He wants to make this separation between us and God. God wants to set us free from the pain of this, the intense pain, the suffocating darkness. He wants to set us free from the effects of the enemy, uh, how it affects us while we're here on this earth. I want you to hear from God himself where he is in your grief. Now, I have a list, a page of scriptures here, 
And I'm not going to read the reference because I just want this to flow. And sometimes when you read the reference, it just kind of feels like it's, it's chopping things up. But I'm going to read through these scriptures to you. Lord, you have seen me tossing and turning through the night. You have collected all my tears and preserved them in your bottle. You have recorded every one in your book. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. And to the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Why would you say, God has lost track of me? He doesn't care what happens to me. Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the one who calls you by name. Hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running on ahead of us has taken us his permanent post as high priest for us. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. Isn't that something to think that we can share in God's glory, that our children are already partaking of the fullness of the glory of God? I think of that scripture in Romans 12 that says, or Romans 8, that says that our suffering cannot be compared to the glory that is to come. And I think of the depth of our suffering and that the glory to come can't even be compared to that. Wow, that has got to be some glory. So to answer the question, where is God in your grief? 
That was the first scripture I read, Psalm 56, 8. He is right there with you, collecting your precious tears in a bottle. And I believe that we bereavers, we parents who've been bereaved of our children, will have some of the biggest bottles in heaven. Did you know that you can join almost 2,000 other bereavers who are receiving a weekly word of hope from me? Every Wednesday, I send out an email, and it's just a word of encouragement. I let you know of a resource. It might be something new. It might be something that I haven't talked about for a while. And then I also let you know what each week's podcast is about with a link for you to go there and listen. I don't spam you. We don't send out a bunch of extra emails. We don't give your list out to anyone. Your email is safe with us, just like your heart is safe with us here at GPS Hope. And so uh, I would like to offer that to you in case you're not uh, receiving these weekly words of hope. So all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash hope. There's just going to be a form. All we need is your first name and the email that you want us to send this to, the email address that you want us to send this to. You can unsubscribe anytime if it's not what you thought it was going to be, or you get to the point where it's like, I don't feel like I need this every week anymore. There's an unsubscribe link at the bottom of each email. And I will ask you, as you go along, you probably will get to the point where you don't need us anymore. And that's what I want. Before you, you know, check out and say thank you, but I'm, I'm doing okay on this journey now, would you consider maybe supporting GPS Hope? We are a nonprofit ministry, and we do survive by those who support us. And if you have been a parent who has been helped by this ministry, maybe just a little thank you would be appreciated. We're getting ready to go back on the road again. And with gas prices the way they are, our house gets six miles to the gallon. It sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? But we just had to put in about $7,000 of repairs to be able to get back on the road, shocks and brakes and things like that. So anyway, no pressure. I don't want you to feel like you have to, but just if uh, it's on your heart as a way to say thank you, you can just go to gpshope.org slash support and there'll be a a link there that you can go to or go to our website there's a donate tab so enough of that right let's go on to our birthday segment Liliana Angel Robles was born on July 17th and left us at age 14 months Jimmy LaPlante was born on July 19th and left us at age 39 Robert William Corbett was born on July 20 and left us at age 21. Braden King was born on July 22 and left us at age 17. Jessica Klinkert was born on July 22 and left us at age 27. Joey Figueroa was born on July 23 and left us at age 39. We know how important this day will always be to these families, and we celebrate with them the day their children came into the world. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's a, a form to fill out there. Just give us the needed information, including the pronunciation of your child's name if it's one that uh, sometimes gets said wrong because I want to make sure 
I say your child's name correctly. So just fill out that form, submit it, and then we will send you an email that week as well to remind you to listen for your son or daughter's birthday. Also, if you would like a list of the scriptures I read, along with the references and the version that I was reading from, I would love to send them to you. And when we send those verses, you will also automatically be added to the weekly Word of Hope. So you wouldn't have to do both if you want to start getting that. Click the link in the show notes or go to gpshope.org slash whereisgodverses. Okay, so it might be easier to just click the link in the show notes and I will get that sent to you. I want to close with a final scripture and this is pretty much the foundational scripture for GPS Hope. I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in him. Then you will have more and more hope and it will flow out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 15, 13. I really do pray that for you. Pray for our listeners. Pray for our GPS Hope family that you will come to know that God is not the one to blame for what happened, that he loves you and your child so much that he made a way for you to be reunited with him or her forever through the gruesome death of his own son. He is with you in this place, and so am I. So remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is 